Welcome to episode 17 of Wikimove. I am Eva Martin and with me is Niki Zeuner. Hello, everybody. We are recording this episode on January 26, 2024. Eva and I are part of Wikimedia Deutschland's governance and movement relations team. And in this podcast, we imagine the future of the Wikimedia movement. Eva, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about some of the great work done in the movement to bring our strategy to life. After the movement strategy was completed in 2020, the Wikimedia Foundation started a funding program to support people who work on specific aspects of the strategy in their context or for the whole movement. Nikki, can you introduce our first guest today? Yeah, I'm happy to introduce Yopu Wang Pam. She is the lead movement strategy specialist at the Wikimedia Foundation, and there she works to support individuals and communities focused on advancing the recommendations and initiatives of movement strategy. This includes financial support through the movement strategy grants. Prior to joining the foundation, she worked as a development practitioner supporting philanthropies to design and implement grant programs. Hey, Yop, thank you for joining us. Where are you calling us from today? Hi, Nikki. It is a pleasure to be here. I am joining you from San Francisco in California today. Oh, happy to have you here, Yope. Our Thanks. other guest is Barbara Klen. Barbara has been working since December 22 as a regional coordinator of the Central and Eastern Europe Hub, an initiative funded by the Movement Strategy Grants. Barbara is from Croatia. And before Wikimedia, she was working as a consultant for EU projects and as a manager in the NGO and private sector, mostly working on development and human rights projects in European countries. Hi, Barbara. Where are you today? Uh, hi. Nice to be with you. Um, I'm joining you from Zagreb, from Croatia. Great. So, Barbara, let's just start with you and, and get your perspective first. So you're relatively new to our movement, but you have extensive experience working in the NGO sector. Maybe tell us your story. Tell us more about your background and about what motivated you to join Wikimedia. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting question. And um, yeah, I will try to explain it uh, concisely. So one part of the answer is um, my previous career. I was always interested in, in development projects and um, the majority of my professional life, I worked uh, on uh, EU projects, as, as you already mentioned, as EU project consultant. And then also in the NGO sector, mostly in Netherlands, where I studied, and later in Croatia. But these projects were always implemented, most of them internationally. So I was dealing with diverse topics from, um, let's say, sustain sustainable development, development of e-government e systems, uh, also human rights projects. And... Um, The job that I had before joining the C-Hub was um, I was managing, I was working as an executive director in an NGO, uh, which was based in Croatia and focusing on mental health issues. And uh, although I loved the job, I missed this international perspective. And at the point that I really wanted to go back into international field, I, I saw this advertisement on LinkedIn, which was advertising uh C-Hub coordination project. So two things like came together at the same time. So my career path and the fact that the team of volunteers, which was working on the development of CE and that Central and Eastern European Hub, they managed to get funding from Movement Strategy Grants and 
through that funding, they were able to open this vacancy for a new position. And um, so that's how I applied for this job. And I, I got this job offer, but the, the thing that really made me join it was I was invited to see a meeting, which was taking place in 2022 in Ohrid, uh, North Macedonia. And um, so I was offered a job, but I still had a chance to meet these people, uh, talk to them, see communities. And it was there that I then really decided, well, I, I really want to join this crowd. I want to be part mm -hmm. of this. It seems like something interesting and big and new. That's a very nice story, Barbara. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> so you mentioned the movement strategy grant that led to this job opening and to you joining the movement. Mm -hmm. And Yop, this grant is part of the movement strategy implementation program, which is, I think, the reason why you joined the movement. So can you maybe tell us a bit more about the path that led you to us? Sure, I can do that, Eva. My career journey evolved from being an investigative journalist to doing media for development, uh, then media development itself, and then fully migrated into doing, uh, into designing programs for social change. And one of the key projects that I worked on in my introduction to designing for social change was working on the initial uh, thoughts and conversations around movement strategy. I, I, you know, since then I stayed in the loop of things. And when the opportunity presented itself, I just, I jumped at it. And I said, yes, this, it was such amazing work um, to see a global community being intentional about coming together and saying, here's how we want to advance. Here are things that if we did this in a coordinated manner and with some cohesion, we can say to the world that indeed, you know, we are moving forward in our mission and our visions and our goals and our values. So of course I jumped at the opportunity to join this movement um, that I had helped design for and hopefully play a meaningful part in, in the execution in the execution of this strategy I, I, I really like hearing your enthusiasm for the movement and 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 our vision so maybe um maybe you can tell us a little bit more about the movement strategy grants program so what what is this program Yes, absolutely. So the Movement Strategy Grants Program is an all-encompassing program. You can think of it as that, um, as a gamut of resources for people who are interested and very focused on supporting the advancement of the recommendations and the initiatives um, within uh, the Movement Strategy 2030 goals. Um, the grants are designed to, um, to enable experimental work, to enable us as a movement document foundationally the knowledge that we have. Often that knowledge is scattered in different places or it is not effectively documented so that anyone can pick that and kick things off and begin to implement. Um, so the, the movement strategy grants are designed to enable that. They're also designed, of course, um, to support innovation. 
Um, what are new ways that we might connect with others? What are new ways that we might think about collaborating across regions, collaborating across thematic areas even? So that is what the grants are supposed to do. They support the work of affiliates. They support the work of individual contributors who are focused on specific recommendations, specific, specific initiatives, um, and just doing the work to move the needle um, mm -hmm. on those. And can you maybe tell us why do you think that it is so important to have this program apart from the other grant programs that the foundation is offering? Yes, I get this question a lot, Eva. <laughs> um, that, that's why I'm asking it here on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, I, I, you know, personally, I will agree with anyone who says, but isn't everything movement strategy? Yes, because the movement strategy recommendations are, and initiatives came from all of us. They are a reflection of our dreams, our goals, and our desires as a movement. Um, but the, the strategy is also our collective framework for saying, okay, we have these dreams, but can we be deliberate about taking the steps to getting there? Um, okay, we have all of these goals. We know, I, I think we know to a large extent that we are the infrastructure uh, for knowledge across the world today, but are we the essential infrastructure for this? Are we doing this work with equity in mind? And are we doing this work in a way that makes our advocacy for free knowledge coherent for those who might join us. That's what movement strategy grants do. They help us deliberately track our advancement towards achieving those goals. There are some specific actions that we can take, that um, specific projects that we could run that help us move that needle and say very clearly, here's how we're moving. Those type of types of projects are usually they're done in a coordinated or collaborative manner. So yes, everything ties to movement strategy in one way or another, but specific projects are really important to help us bubble up and bring up those learnings that can tell us, okay, you're making progress as a movement, or hold on people, maybe you need a strategy 3020 <laughs> to get there. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And you know, I, I, I feel like I mean, you've been in philanthropy before and, and you know how project funding is so unstrategic, you know, and from a perspective of the grantee, you can string up a number of projects and, and then completely forget about your strategy because you're just leaning into what, you know, next shiny thing is funded by a funder. So to have the foresight at the Wikimedia Foundation to see, okay, this is actually a transformation that we're going through and we need to incentivize and, you know, support innovation around how we transform into what we want to be. So um, I think that's, it was very wise to have that. And I think also we will need to continue to do that in addition to project funding, in addition to operational funding. So, um, With that in mind, what was funded in the last couple of years? What are some cool projects you can talk about that move us closer to our strategic direction? 
Oh, happy to share those. Um, there have been very many, I will say, before I share a small list, that there have been some very inspiring projects. There have been projects that sometimes I think about and they just bring tears to my eyes because they're just a reflection of the passion and the commitment and the dedication that we, um, that individual and affiliate volunteers have for our movement to take things forward. I have seen many across our movement step up with a bit of fear, a bit of trepidation, a bit of, can I do this? Will I really be allowed to do this? Um, and, you know, sometimes not being very certain, or in some cases, working with a community of other volunteers who may not be quite happy with the work at first, but then, you know, people then take the work forward, end up getting the consensus that they might not have had um, at the beginning of the work, or people who take start off with one approach and based on feedback, based on what has been shared, take on a, you know, take on an approach that effectively responds, responds um, to the communities that they're trying um, to serve. And, and so there are many, I'll, I'll, uh, the, the one project that I feel very strongly about, or not feel strongly about, more really proud of, is the work of the Kyrgyz community. Um, that's one that was really new. And, you know, um, the person who's leading that project has done a lot of painstaking, deliberate and intentional work to move the needle. We, one initiative that we all, I, I think we can all agree is important for a number of different reasons and different, um, depending on where you are and what region, is skills and leadership development. Um, we need to grow our skills as a movement. We need to develop our uh, leadership capacities. And so projects like Capacity Exchange and Calibra are critical projects. Calibra comes from some work that had previously been done for, for the Lucifone community. Initially, it was about trying to understand, you know, how different parts and uh, pieces of the different, different individuals, rather, from across the Lucifone community across the world might come together and, and share uh, skills, services, and knowledge. And that evolved into what Calibra now is, where the community gave feedback and said, hold on a second, before we get into any big projects, we need to grow our leadership capacities. So let's be intentional about taking the steps in phases to get there. It's not a sprint, it's it's a marathon. So Calibra is one project that's developed by Wikimedia Brazil, of course, following that initial research to understand the needs of the Lucifone community um, and what structures might best support the delivery of um, those uh, service needs. Um, capacity exchange um, kicked off with some initial research as well, and a lot of coordinated work has gone into helping design and develop um, and implement this repository of skills and knowledge and capacities across our movement. So many people hold so many different levels of skills and experience, and it's it would just make sense to have a melting pot, a, a place where we come to and find people within our movement who have the skills that we're looking for or who we can share our skills and our knowledge with. So the capacity exchange work is really critical and essential for the skills and leadership development work for, for our movement at the moment. Oral culture toolkit, 
the Oral Culture Toolkit project is also one that's really interesting. And this is just, it's such a really good example of a person saying, I see this, I'm taking this on, I got this. And Amrit is doing some really great work there, um, helping us answer the question, how do you do language activism effectively? How do you help a language community think about all the essential pieces that need to come together and for that language community to build, to grow and to document their culture because it's not always written. And we know that for many minority language groups, oral culture is the way that um, knowledge is passed from generation to generation. And it's time to start to preserve that. Um, So the initial research was done and now, you know, they're going into piloting and testing where it had initially been work that was happening in the South Asia region, but the next stages will connect to other regions um, across the world. So a lot of research work has gone into, has been done within the scope of movement strategy grants. Um, Some key initiatives that um, have not been covered yet, interestingly, are um, some initiatives around underrepresented groups, some knowledge gaps um, type of work, some some of the innovation work, um, and some of the, and the type of work group connected to documenting um, our knowledge as a movement. But one of the most exciting projects that's uh, happening in movement strategy are projects around building and setting up or holding consultations and the research and the piloting um, of coordination structures across our movement, because in different regions and sometimes for different thematic areas, there's so much work that needs to be done. And if we're cohesive about that, we could go a long way. Um, So yeah, hub projects, there are about 14 ongoing hub projects, but this is not the time for sharing that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks a lot, Job, for... (laughs) for shedding some light on the amazing work that's going on in the movement. And there would definitely be links in the show notes linking to the the projects you mentioned. Now, maybe let's talk a little bit more about the hubs. So you just said that a lot of your grantees have been working on skills and leadership development projects such as the hubs. And we have Barbara with us today that is working on one of them, the CEE hub. So Barbara, can you maybe start with the basics? What is a hub and where did the idea of hubs generally come from? Yeah, this is really a good question because even me working already more than a year for a hub, I get a lot this question, what actually is the hub? So just a disclaimer before I start answering, I will be presenting this Central and Eastern European hub perspective and and explain how uh, all developed. Uh, because there isn't like a um, specific recipe that you can find on Meta or Wikipedia, like how to create a hub. So there is no recipe like take two board members, uh, add $30,000, then add one employee, and you don't have to cook it, but like wait for one year and you will have a hub. Well, there is there is no recipe like this, and um, each uh, initiative has to see what works for them. But uh, in our case, how it started or how it uh, it it, it it all uh, started was that during the movement strategy working group processes, when discussions about decentralization were taking place, 
then also regional level and networks became the focus of that discussion. And that somehow organically also turned into discussion about hubs. And then going back to our Wikimedia context, hubs would be and are networks of different communities that share a common interest. So this common interest can be a topic. And if it's a topic, then we are talking about uh, thematic hubs. Uh, or this common focus can be specific region or area. And that's and this is where I'm coming back to my or our hub. It's Central and Eastern European hub. So our common interest was the region, uh, Central and Eastern European region. And um, parallel to these movement strategy working group processes, there was already common understanding in the CE, in the C region, how this way of uh, advanced cooperation uh, and formation of hubs is a good idea and how we want to go in that direction. And uh, well, that's that's how it it, it got started. Mm -hmm. And can you maybe give us a short history of the CE Hub? So you talked about how it got started, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more about how it has developed in the last years, and maybe what was the role of the grants in its foundation? Because it has been funded for some time now. So how did the funding help the development of the hub? Yeah. So before even starting about really hub and, and, and funding, which was, I, I would say, essential to get things going and, and uh, starting in a, in a more intensive way, I, I still have to mention that there were already many years of close cooperation in the CE. So uh, this whole story of CE cooperation didn't start uh, only with, with with story about hub. So there were um, CE spring contest, and there was there were also regional CE meetings, conferences. So there was a history of uh, working together and cooperation in the region. But then, when really specifically talking about hubs. First discussion among affiliates uh, started in 2019, and then people who were uh, from the CE and who were working on strategy in the strategy working groups, they they started talking and working on a hub project concept and uh, and developing this. And somewhere at that time, also biweekly regular meetings started, and that was in March 2021. It was before any funding, but there was a group of enthusiastic volunteers. Uh, some of them are still uh, part of either C-Hub uh, uh, steering committee or wider group connected to the hub. But th these volunteers uh, and also employees of some affiliates have been working together, coming together since March 2021. And the funny thing is that we still have this same document uh, which uh, for taking notes. So... Or still now we have this Wednesday, Wednesday uh, bi-weekly meetings, uh, six o'clock C time, and um, well, we can just follow all notes which they were taking since 2021. Uh, <laughs> but now coming back to money, because well, it's also an important component. The first time that we got any grant was in June 2021, so that was also Movement Strategy grant, and it was uh, the name of the project was CE Needs Research. And Wikimedia Poland uh, was implementing this this project, which was very important as the focus of the project was uh, implementing a survey and 21 uh, community interviews. Basically, people who were who were part of it, uh, Natalia Shafran and other uh, other volunteers, also and members of Wikimedia Poland, they were they were trying to find out uh, what are really the needs of the region, uh, what what kind of uh, what kind of vision do communities have for the hub, what do they want 
hub to do or how to support them. And uh, as when they had the the outcome of this research, this is how the first real yearly project developed because the the, the results of the research became. Uh, also project application for the first real one-year uh, grant, which which was then granted in the summer of 2022. And the name of the of that project was very creative, building a CE hub. Um, <laughs> yeah. And well, at, at that time, uh, it was what I was mentioning before, that they were able to secure funds to even employ people, so uh, to, to staff members and to implement activities and have uh, really also funds to, to go further. Now we are already a year and a half after that, and we finished with implementation of this first year. And now we, we in, the, in the end of 2023, we got a positive response or approved grant application for the year two. So we are continuing with building uh, the C hub and uh, again with very creative name, Stronger C hub. Uh, it's, it's also a one-year grant. Yeah. Okay, so maybe creativity isn't the strength of the hub, but apart from this, it's quite a success story that uh, <laughs> we're talking about right now. And as you mentioned, there isn't any recipe um, for the whole movement on how to create a hub and, and what's really striking in this story and what is great is like how much um, time you put into research and you know making sure you understand the needs of the community and it definitely worked out very well for for the CE communities and, and, and that's great. So maybe now we can get a little bit deeper into the practice and, and the learnings and maybe look at like what worked well and what could be improved in the future. So you mentioned, Barbara, that obviously the regional collaboration is an important aspect of the hub. And I know that the bottom-up approach is also something essential to the way you, you function as, as a network. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about how the communities are involved in the hub and what a typical day coordinating the activities in the, in the region look like. Uh, yeah. So, well, the, the, without communities and cooperation with communities and affiliates and also active individuals, there is no C-Hub because the whole concept is based on this uh, coordination. And if we don't have strong relationships and communication with communities, there is no one who can take part in our activities that we are implementing. And then basically there are no results or outcomes. So how we engaged with, with communities, it's, it's, well, we have diverse methods. We have many one-on-one -on -one meetings with, with communities or members. Uh, we have also meetings with affiliates. We are implementing surveys and then based on what we hear from them, we are organizing uh, learning sessions that they take part in. And in this case, it is quite easy to see if something that you are implementing is working, like you either have participants who are joining or, or you don't. We are trying to be very open and easily accessible. So we have also regular open office hours. It's once per month. It's usually uh, first Monday of the month. And it's something that you don't have to schedule. You just, uh, we, well, we announce it on our communication uh, channels and people can just drop in and ask anything or ask for advice or comment. And uh, also what we try to do, we have a big steering committee. It's composed of 11 members and then also two advisors. Um, and they are coming from different C communities and countries. And that's also the way how to keep communities and people involved because they can also then go to their communities and share things 
more easily than if we had smaller steering committee. Yeah, so that would be about communication and the typical day. I I couldn't say that there is, is something as a typical day, but uh, as CE Hub is also a project, we are following uh, our project implementation, which has a timeline. And then um, depending on the month, we have uh, certain things that we are implementing. It can be either learning sessions or supporting campaigns, or if we just take this January uh, 2024 as example, there was a deadline for rapid grants. And then as this administrative support and granting support is one part of our work, we were busy with uh, commenting and uh, helping small communities to submit their rapid grants, uh, in some cases, their first rapid grant so that was that was part of our work we were also part we we, are, we were also busy with setting up uh, other project activities that will be happening in the second year like employment of the third person and uh, organizing some communication sessions that will take part so it really depends on yeah the time of the year but uh, definitely a lot of communication meetings and organization is is the core of our work and um, it's Two staff members, as I mentioned, my colleague Tony from Skopje and me. And then it's not only us doing the whole work, because we have the steering committee and advisors who also take part in working groups and advising and 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 helping us to, to pull this all together and uh, to make it work. All right. So <laughs> that, that was, there were some interesting uh, experiences from, from actually starting up a hub based on a lot of work that was also, like you said, had already been done over the last few years. Folks in, in that region have worked well together and had a good idea of where they wanted to go next. But Yop, you have funded more than just this hub, and some of the hubs are not quite as far along in their development. Talk a little bit about what, what your observations are in terms of developing regional and thematic hubs. Sure, Nikki. I'll tell you more about hubs and um, what we're seeing. So I find that there's a what might seem or what, what I'd like to call a natural progression and a process that makes sense for our movement currently. And that is first um, that you document what the need is for this group, whether it's regional or thematic, that you're building a solution for. And then you de design that solution or those gamut of services, resources that are to be delivered to this whether regional or thematic uh, group, um, usually this is done in a collaboration structure. And then when you determine what that is, you begin to test it out, especially if some initial coordination did not already exist, especially if um, you know, you're creating and designing something that is essentially brand new and people are still learning to work together. Because for a long time, we worked um, as individuals and separately across our movement. And so working together is something we're learning to do now. Uh, some of us are learning to do it and it comes naturally, like for the CEE, and for some other places, it doesn't. So some of the hubs initiatives I mentioned earlier, there are about 14 thematic and regional hub initiatives that are currently ongoing. Some initial research um, has been funded for the Arabic language community, the language diversity group, uh, content partnerships, uh, East Africa regional and thematic hubs, 
uh, the West Africa regions also in, in that initial stage. Wiki Franca is going into a research stage at this point. The education group is coming out of their research stage. The North America group as well is at that uh, research stage. And we've been discussing the initial steps for uh, the ESIAP region and a few other thematic areas. So this is some of the work that has been happening. People are moving at different stages, uh, at different paces. I find that more than anything else, um, sometimes what, what, because it is a lot of work. Uh, so sometimes the challenge is just finding and ensuring that as volunteers, we're able to um, sort of dedicate and commit the time that is needed to take things forward, or in some cases, um, knowing for sure what services, what resources might be uh, available to help us take uh, take the next step um, uh, in the plan and in the process. All this just to say that um, the CEE is well ahead and um, in an ideal world, all of the regional uh, hubs that I've talked about and all of the thematic hub discussions that are ongoing are moving at just the same pace at the CE hub. So we can all learn at the same time uh, how we come together as a movement in different spaces. Which nicely leads into my next question about sort of learning from each other. And, and so if we look at hubs as a, as a, as a group or as a phenomenon in the movement that moves towards growing a movement in a decentralized way. And it's, it's, it feels like currently it's sort of a, a playground of innovation. You know, people are testing different things, different purposes, different ways of working. And I think it's really cool that we have this and that we have the, the movement strategy funding to allow for this playground, you know, without um, being and, and letting people, fail and try things out but what are some of the things that you do as the strategy person at the foundation what are some of the connections that you make and the supports that emerge from the grants i mean do you create opportunities for people to learn from each other talk a little bit about that sure um sure nikki so um in keeping with um the principle of movement strategy, knowledge equity and knowledge as a service. One of the things that we try to do with the movement strategy grants is to enable um, more connections, more collaboration um, and highlight surface or build, uh, enable the, the setting up of, you know, um, sort of knowledge networks um, because often you find um, that something's happening in Brazil that might actually be very relevant to a group of folks who are starting out maybe in some parts, in, in maybe Côte d'Ivoire or um, in Burkina Faso. Or you find that there's work that's happening in, in Germany that is actually very relevant for people in Argentina and the you know some of their initial ideas. But we're not but capacity exchange isn't up yet <laughs> and fully <laughs> running where we could throw in a few questions and find out what's happening. Um, and so for now, we need to find those connections and be proactive about looking at where, what, where people are, what's going on and how others might benefit. And that's what, so what we try to do with their movement strategy grants, help build those connections. Um, one, 
uh, I really like the the collaboration that happened with the Unlock Project and uh, the folks from Argentina and uh, Wikimedia Serbia. Um, the work that uh, uh, Lucas is doing, Wikimovimento Brazil as well, um, that leadership uh, development work um, is becoming very relevant for a lot of folks in Lusophone-speaking communities outside of Brazil, like those in uh, Burkina Faso. Um, we also find um, for 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 some of the work that's also happening in um, in language, for instance, Amrit's work on the oral culture toolkit. She's now building connections across other parts of Asia and other parts uh, and some parts of um, of Brazil of of Africa as well. And you know, try to make those connections. Try to help people see. Oh, they you're doing this. It's fun. It's exciting. Have you had a conversation with these guys? Sometimes that is really all that it takes to enable for some of these peer-to-peer -peer exchanges to happen and build uh, build something from that. Yeah, that's great. This makes a lot of sense. This this is great, and this makes a lot of, of sense, Yop. Now I think I would like to quickly move towards imagining the future and looking ahead, looking at the future of the program and, and the implementation work in the movement globally. So, Barbara, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your plans and the plans of the CE Hub for 2024, for this year and the years to come. How do you foresee funding for the Hub in the mid to long term? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Eva. Um, well, before really jumping in 2024, I uh, I have to say that our plans for 2024 are built uh, upon this base that we created in 2023. So learning on some successes, but also something which was more challenging. We kind of made our plan for 2024. Um, and here I would like to mention just uh, several things. So, for example, we we when you think about CE or when we are talking about CE, we are talking about more than 35 communities. So just if you if you think of a normal working week containing, let's say, 40 hours, just this connection building and communication, if you would just spend one hour on, on community, that would be like uh, your whole working week. Uh, just to explain how challenging this is in a regional hub covering uh, many communities. But although this is a challenging part, it's also the exciting part. So for us, um, this establishing good communication and connections really uh, consumed a lot of our time during 2020. So during the first year of implementation, and now with this strong basis, we are moving towards towards uh, future, um, and uh, we are basically continuing with all activities that we have been implementing in in the last year. So that means supporting communities in administrative way. And under this area, you can think of grant support or supporting them in implementing regional smaller events. Then we have programmatic support. And here I'm talking about learning sessions, supporting them in implementing different campaigns or organizing, um, for example, uh, human, uh, not human, but uh, HR uh, activities. Um, 
And also we have communicational activities that we have. So we are supporting a CE newsletter that is being published uh, bi-monthly. And we are also curating uh, communication channels and uh, helping communities get in touch when they work on similar topics. So that's our plan for 2024, in short. And our, as I mentioned before, our funding is secured from Movement Strategy Grant. Uh, and so the whole 2024 is covered. That's short term. And um, in in the current framework, uh, Hub, like ours, would continue would need to continue running, would need continuous support either from Wikimedia Foundation or depending on developments of a global council. And when we are thinking about like mid and long-term plans, I think that it's really difficult to to comment and to imagine this because uh, movement charter and other conversations might change the way funds are distributed. But definitely hubs as they are structured now we can't, uh, or I at least personally, I can't imagine that they could uh, be funded like their operational part without uh, without Wikimedia Foundation or Global Council, however we we call it, but without this money which is which is being uh, collected. Because although we can partially rely on third party project grants like EU projects or, for example, in our case, during the last year, we also worked with Wikimedia Sweden and we were able to secure funding from Swedish Institute. And that was really amazing success for us because few of our CE affiliates are project partners and they will be they will be they will be taking part in the project and also receiving some grants from that but it's always connected to programmatic work and it's not covering your operations so I don't expect that Hub could be self-sufficient in a way that we can get all the money from EU or some other funds and be able to cover staff members, even if we are talking about two people. So we would need continuous support. And then in combination with some other uh, grants, that 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 would be a good uh, good example of working, I think. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think just like the work of hubs is still evolving, the funding model is also still evolving and as it, as it is for the whole movement. But I think some other hubs definitely have more of a focus on actually acting like like fundraising machines and you know fundraising where maybe the chapters or user groups are too small to fundraise in those areas and then act as funding distribution mechanisms so there's all these these discussions going around i think we're going to be innovating and trying out over the next probably decade (laughs) at least till 2030 on this stuff um but i like your vision of you know operating funds coming from movement funds but whoever administers those and then doing project funds through through a third party makes a lot of sense so you it feels like we are just getting started and and it's going to continue to be important to have this strategic funding the movement strategy implementation grants for a while so we have the ability to try things out and and build things before we look into more sustainable funding models. You want to talk a little bit about what you want to do with the program in 2024 and um, in terms of both your funding, but also other supports that you give to the grantees. Yeah. um, So, you know, um, in, in, in the ideal world, Nikki, um, 
Movement Strategy Grants has a big portfolio of millions of dollars. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and we can, you know, spend a lot of time aggregating our research, tracking all the work that's happening across every region uh, where we are proactively pushing folks or encouraging folks and supporting folks um, in places that um, we tip, you know, in, in communities and in um, context where we don't hear much so that they feed and contribute to anything that's happening um, and that we get to a certain point and we say, okay, everyone is piloting something. We're, we're done with all this, that research work and everything is moving forward. And here, here's, here's, um, uh, uh, here are our 10 recommendations, and all our 10 recommendations have implementation frameworks. Here are our 46 initiatives, and all of our 46 initiatives have theories of change. Oh, what a beautiful world that is. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not there. <laughs> you know, um, and what we do need to do now is be honest about the fact that we're not there. But there are steps that we can take today that could potentially help us get there. Or there are things that we can focus on today, here and now, and say, okay, let's be strategic in our strategy implementation um, and and move in a certain direction. So we have the, you know, um, we focused on... Um, some in, uh, initiatives and recommendations that are essentially fundamental pieces for our movement, fundamental pieces that have to be in place. Otherwise, all of the other work may not happen or it would fall apart at some point. Um, and those fundamental pieces, um, Barbara alluded to earlier in those pieces around governance, the pieces around uh, policy for our movement and the pieces, um, of course, around ensuring that we have the skills and the capacities um, and also uh, a bit of innovation. So, yes, um, uh, it, it's it's going to be a really long journey um, to getting to where we're going. But in 2024, movement strategy grants will be um, try to be a little more deliberate about um, about thinking about our focus, surfacing more of that research, and try to provide a little more proactive support um, beyond the funding um, for hubs. This is proactive support that's not just financial support, because often when we talk about resources, we're thinking money, but resources aren't just funding. Resources are saying, being able to say, oh, you need to conduct some research. Um, here's someone with the capacity. Or, by the way, this work that you want to do, there's dated information that you could already leverage so that you're not starting from scratch. And so cut out maybe a month's work by just putting forward what already exists so that people can build on that. Um, so in, in this year, it was, in 2024, movement strategy grants will be a little more intentional, more proactive um, about surfacing this existing work, um, finding them, surfacing them to help people see where they can, what they can already build on, but also leaning in a little more places where uh, support beyond funding is is definitely needed. Mm -hmm. This makes a lot of sense, Job, and I 
And I like that, you know, you specify that support doesn't just mean financial support, but it can mean so much more. And there are like many things that we can already start working on and that we should be working on already now. So maybe then my last question, we go to Barbara talking about concrete implementation work. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts about the future of hubs in the movement, Barbara. What, what's your vision for regional hub? And yeah, I mean, do you think that we are heading for a movement empowered by regional hubs? Uh, well, I, I, I have to believe in this or I am believing in this because otherwise I couldn't be motivated to, to work uh, in this position and in, in the CE hub. So that's, that's one short answer. But uh, going back to this, what you upset and uh, about support being not only financial and thinking about the role of the hubs, especially uh, related to, to bringing more equity diversity to the whole movement. The way I see this, and based on the experience from previous years, we as a regional hub, we really, in some cases, and that without regranting or some financial support, we really achieved or managed to achieve that that those who are normally or usually not heard, so not the strongest ones, but really less organized, small communities, are able to to participate. We are the ones who can also be their voice, be their support. And um, this doesn't require giving them funds, but just being there, listening, and then being able to share what their perspective is. So with this, having regional funds, regional hubs, it would ensure more diverse movement, movement where other voices are heard, and when and also movement where decisions can be then also made based on not only one perspective or several perspectives of stronger ones, but also many, many other perspectives which make decision-making more complex, but then in the end also more corresponding to this diverse reality that we are part of. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for, for stronger regional hubs and then also um, more diverse movement. And talking about decision-making and a movement empowered by regional collaborations, this makes me think about the movement charter that's being drafted right now. And you said, Barbara, there isn't an official definition of a hub right now, but there is this committee that's, that's drafting the charter and that's putting a lot of thoughts into it. And hopefully by the end of this year, we may have this document that uh, gives us a bit more clarity of, around hubs and maybe what their roles and responsibilities could look like if we want to structure our movement in a way that really enables us to embrace the diversity we have and, and to reach our, our strategic vision for 2030. Yeah, I completely agree with this one. Yeah. And I'm also happy that uh, C Hub and also our, I mean, volunteers, but also us, that we are also part of this process because we are also commenting and taking part in the discussions and hopefully uh, enabling better quality of this uh, this for formulation and document in the end. So that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap of the 17th episode of Wikimove. Thanks to our guests, Joop and Barbara, for sharing their insights. Thanks for listening. Wikimove is a production of Wikimedia Deutschland and its governance and movement relations team and is also available on podcast apps and YouTube. Our music was composed and produced by Rory Gregory and is available on CC by SA on Wikimedia Commons. And so are all of our episodes. You can visit our Wikimove meta page to listen to all previous episodes. 
You can suggest topics and you can suggest guests for our next episodes. You can suggest yourself as a guest. You can also use our meta page to react to the podcast and to connect with our other listeners and subscribe to always be notified of our new episode releases. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do so via the Wikimove meta page or you can send us an email. All the relevant links are available in the show notes. Tschüssi, ciao, au revoir. Au revoir, bye bye. Thank <music> you.